0: Good evening, friends. This is Chap and Gary Rayburn, Channel Twenty One Lonesome Road Ministries Conference Line host, and we've got a great program for you tonight. We every Thursday at five p.m. That's Central Time. That's Tulsa time, and we'll have a great meeting with uh, different speakers and a lot of prayer and praise reports to go along with the with the meeting. So we're glad you joined us and we'd ask you to log on to lonesomeroad.org and contact us and let us know and let us help you out there on that old lonesome road. Hey friends, this is Chapman Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministry, and I've got my partner with me.
2: Hi, my name is Fred Mooney, and I'm excited and honored to be here in the cab with Gary Rayburn. And we are going to have
0: Church on the Road for you today, folks. So sit back, listen, and enjoy our program. And if you'd like to get more copies, just give us a call at
2: 618-383-2107. Or log on to LonesomeRoad.org.
1: My address is 408-414, a big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have that white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life.
0: Sounds like we're backing up,
2: Fred. Well, let's back up for another great song. From Lonesome Road Ministries. Church on the Road Radio.
3: Lord, lead me down. Lord, lead me down. So as could be, but the Savior, He heard my crying, then He let that holy water wash all over me. Lord, lead me down, Lord, lead me down, to the holy water, holy water, let it wash, let it cleanse my soul. death has thought it won. Just call on Jesus, you'll be contented. You'll hear him say, enter and my child will die. Lord, lead me down down to the holy holy water. Let it wash, let it cleanse my soul. I've been put under and raised, redeemed. I've been baptized. I've been washed clean. I've been put under and raised, redeemed. A-ception's I've been baptized. and been washed cleaned, clean. I've Remember, been put under a- and raised, redeemed. Baptized, washed, cleans, cleaned, a- so, <rapeating>. Lord, lead me down. Lord, lead me, Lord, me down. my soul, Lord lead me down, Lord lead me down, to the holy water, holy water, let it flow and make me whole, I lay my burdens at the altar, just lead me down, down,
0: an awesome program for you today. We're going to have church on the road, and I got my partner with me.
2: Fred Mooney here. And I can't wait for you to hear this awe-inspiring message by our good friend, Richie Turnbow. It
0: was preached right here on our conference line recently, and you're going to be blessed. I guarantee it. Here's uh, Chaplain Richie Turnbow.
4: I I do have a message. I'm going to try not to keep you long, uh, but I I do have a message on my heart. And there's a verse in 1 Peter, uh, around chapter 4, that says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And paraphrasing, if it it begins with us, then what shall the end be of them that do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous uh, scarcely be saved... Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? That is a scary verse. But as I was thinking about that verse today, I was thinking also about, are we truly satisfied? You know, we as, quote unquote, Christians, we leave the house of God many times and saying, Jesus is all we need. I've got Jesus, that's all I need. But yet we leave the house of God and we think of things that we need. I need this. I need to buy this. I need this in my life. I need to purchase this. We're always thinking of things that we need. So the question remains, are we truly satisfied? Now, in John chapter 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And he that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. And all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that come to me I will no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Now, chaplains, we know that every good thing comes from above. Amen matter of fact, in James chapter 1, it says, Do not err, my brethren, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no verilence, neither shadow of turning. So, chaplains, we know that God is a consistent giver of good things. In fact, the Scripture states in Matthew chapter 7 that if you then, being evil, and and know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask? So it's with boldness and confidence that we come to an altar of prayer and ask God for what we need, and we petition him in the name of Jesus. You see, Jesus is our representative. He is our advocate. In other words, he is our lawyer. He is our go-between. He is our intercessor. In other words, he's all that we need. All that we need, he is. So I want to remind us tonight that he's not only the giver, he is the gift. Sometimes we ask for the gift and never think about the giver. Sometimes we ask for the giver of good things and never realize that he is the gift that we really need. Sometimes we come seeking the healing when all we need to do is seek the healer. So Jesus is trying to convince his followers that if they really want a spiritual life, they are not going to find it anywhere else but in him. That everything he is leads to satisfaction because he is our resurrection. And we know this to be true because of the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11. In John chapter 11, it it says, uh, uh, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, he will give it to you. And Jesus said, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me will never die. Believest thou this? He said unto her. And she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. So Jesus is clearly stating that he is the resurrection And the life, can you say amen? I know you're muted, but say amen anyways. He is the resurrection and the life. You see, we were all dead in sin and had no hope. We were shackled in death and buried without light. But Jesus resurrected us because he is the resurrection and the life. So when Jesus was talking about being bread... He was wanting his followers to understand this, that he was there to give them real spiritual life. Not just a temporal fix, but something that has an eternal quality to it. So guys, we need to ask the question tonight. Is what we are receiving at the altar a temporary fix, or are we receiving Christ? Are we receiving the bread of true satisfaction? Or are we still leaving that altar still hungry? Now, we see a perfect example of that in the book of John, chapter 6. When Jesus had fed the masses with bread and fish, and some people crossed over into Capernaum searching for Jesus because they were seeking the temporal bread instead of the bread of life. In other words, they were seeking the bread to fill their bellies. But Jesus said in John, chapter 6, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but you, bes- but you seek me because you did eat of the bread and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perish, but for that meat which endureth into everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. And they said therefore unto him, What sign? Showest thou then that we may see and believe? What does thou work? In other words, what trick will you show us? Our fathers, uh, which was Moses, did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, and giveth life into the world. And then they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you that you have also seen me, and believe not. So, guys, Jesus not only gives us the bread, He is the bread. Now, looking at the real meaning of bread, there's a lot of significance when referring to bread in the Scriptures. It exemplifies one thing for sure, and that is satisfaction. uh, Satisfaction. The Scripture uses hunger to represent dissatisfaction, and it uses bread to mean satisfaction. You understand that in the days of Jesus, the bread was the main course. See, today, we the, the meat is the main course today. And everything else that you have around it just complements the main course. But in the days of Jesus, the bread was the main course. So there's only one way to solve human dissatisfaction, and that is to be filled with bread. And in order for God's children, which is you and I, Those who are gathered tonight here on this phone line to worship the Lord in spirit and truth, in order for us to keep going on, to keep this walk and journey with the Lord, there has to be satisfaction for us to carry on. Do you agree with that? Now, believe me, I have met people who have made a commitment to the Lord, but it did not last. Uh, And for whatever the reason, at some point in their journey, they decided that the world looked better. The world looked better than God's kingdom, and they turned and walked away from their experience at the altar. And there had to be a reason for them to walk away, guys. Listen, all of us at some time or another have experienced some difficulties or maybe some temptations or some wavering thought that comes to our minds. But I have made up my mind a long time ago that I'm going to keep going on. I'm going to keep going forward. And I believe that I'm speaking to a group of men and women tonight that have made up their minds that they're going to keep going on for the kingdom of God also. You see, I feel a little bit like uh, Peter when he said in John chapter 6, he he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. You see, it's just like that old song, "I, I go to the rock. Where do I go when there's nobody else to turn to? Who do I talk to when nobody wants to listen? Who do I lean on when there's no foundation that is stable? I go to the rock. I know he is able. I go to the rock because there's only one author and finish of our faith. There's only one alpha and omega. There's only one bright and morning star. He is the Almighty One. He is the Good Shepherd. He is our Deliverer. He is our Great High Priest. He is the I Am. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Light of the world. He is our hope. He is our peace. He's our Redeemer, and He's our rock. He's our door. He is our way, and He is God. And, Chaplains, there is only one who has the words to eternal life Jesus Christ, the very Son of God. Man, I didn't think I could preach driving, but... You see, man will fill himself with something. We were all born with a vacuum. And nothing this world has to offer will fill that void that God has, uh, has placed for himself in your life. But Adam was not created that way. He was created to have fellowship with God of his own free will. But because sin broke that fellowship, it created a vacuum. The only one who can fill that vacuum is the bread of life. Now, we as humans have tried other things. I don't know of anything that man hasn't tried. We fill ourselves with entertainment. We fill ourselves with the things of the world. We fill ourselves with money. We fill ourselves with pleasure. And we fill ourselves with sin. Stuff, Stuff. And when we run out of room for our stuff, we go out and rent buildings so we can put more stuff in them. We have so much stuff that you can open up a newspaper. Listen, you ain't going to believe this. We can open up a newspaper and look for people who are advertising for you to come to their homes and go through their garage and buy their stuff and add it to your stuff. And you know people will go to those garages. And they will buy stuff that they will never need, that they will never use. You see, man is always trying to fill that void, to fill that vacuum. We try it with stuff. We try it with money. We try it with fame and popularity. We try it with fortune and everything that the world can offer. And we come up short every time. Why? Why? because we are not satisfied. Now, guys, back in my B.C. days, before Christ, I went with some friends to Tunica, Mississippi, to a casino. Now, i told myself that I would never, ever go to a place like that because my father gambled away everything that he had, everything. When he died, you know what my inheritance was? I had one picture of my grandfather and one military-issued green pair of underwear. That was my inheritance. But those casinos are uh, an ungodly place. Even the atmosphere in those casinos are ungodly. The casinos are built in such a way that you have to walk through the gambling areas to reach anything there. Even the rooms and the, uh, the food courts or the bathrooms are not accessible unless you walk through the gambling areas. And while I was there, I observed people because I'm a people watcher, folks. And what I saw was this. I saw people putting dollar after dollar, coin after coin into those slot machines. I even saw 80-year-old grannies who were barely able enough, uh, strong enough to pinch onto that nickel. And place coin after coin into those machines. And I noticed that no matter how much they would win, it wasn't enough. They could walk away with a profit, but they would feed those machines until they lost everything that they had. Now, if that's not being blinded by the wicked one, I don't know what is. We look for everything in this world to fill the void of hunger. We ingest The wrong kind of bread. We ingest the bread of finance. We ingest the bread of sin. We ingest all the things of the world that it can offer, and yet when we get it all, (laughs) it's never enough. I remember what my former pastor told me one time. Johnny Minnick was a very influential man in the music industry. He knew a lot of famous people. He knew a lot of wealthy people. And he told me about a man in Arkansas who had great wealth through real estate investments and all kinds of developments and the things that he did. He had so much money. But his son, who was in the music industry, also actually obtained more money and wealth than his father did. He, he had investment properties all over the country, not just in Arkansas. And he wrote jingles, you know, the little jingles like, you know, I'm stuck on Band-Aids because Band-Aids stuck on me. He wrote stuff like that. That's what he did. And he said that he had so much money that he could pay off every debt of every person I could think of. Every child that I could think of, he could send them through college and not blink an eye. Matter of fact, every two days, he had $48,000 off of the interest of the principals of the monies he already had. And every two days, he had to go to a bank and make a new account to hold the monies that was coming in every two days so it could be secured. But you know what? At 38 years old, they found him on the couch, dead from alcohol poisoning. You see, there are wealthy celebrities. Who are not wealthy enough there are famous individuals who are not famous enough there are popular people but they're never popular enough so you see chaplains there is no end and when there is no end nothing can fill that void that only God himself can fill. chaplains listen to me God's people are not exempt that same old compulsion can walk right in beside of you and sit down and you can think of a thousand things you might need when all you really need is the bread of life. You see, that temporal food that the world offers fades in experience. It consistently needs repeating. The satisfaction is only for a moment because it continues to diminish uh, It's temporal because it has no eternal properties. Nothing we can receive from the world has any eternal properties. Listen, July is coming up pretty quick. And on July 28th, this is when I celebrate my my wife and I's anniversary. We've been married 21 years this year. And my wife likes to go out and eat. And one of her favorite places to eat, of all places, is is. It's it's a red lobster. She loves red lobster. And when they have the all-you-can-eat, pill-and-eat shrimp, (laughs) just give her a plate and a bunch of napkins and some sweet tea and get out of her way. And by the end of the whole meal, I have to look around uh, those big shell mounds of shrimp just to see her face. (laughs) Now, look, I, I like the shrimp and stuff that's there. But, see, they got this thing at Red Lobster called Cheddar biscuit. and just bring me a plate and a big old tub of butter and a bunch of napkins and get out of my way so you see what i'm saying and i could stuff myself with those cheddar biscuits until i'm so full i can't walk out the door my wife would have to just literally roll me out the door you see what i'm saying you get in the picture and what i'm trying to tell you tonight there's a bread his name is jesus The bread of life. He is the giver of life. He's the prince of peace, the the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father. He's the giver of hope and the lover of our souls. So all you have to do, guys, is just call him when you're hungry. And call him when you're sick and call him when you have been accused and, and when you need the strength to carry on, just call him. Just call him in the morning and call him in the evening and call him when your heart is broken. Just call him, guys, and know he will always be there. Hallelujah. He is the bread of life. You see, the bread of Jesus satisfies because his bread consists of eternal things. He's not just here today and gone tomorrow. He's not just here as as long as this world exists. He's not confined to a calendar. He is and he was and he always will be. He said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's satisfied in the days of old. He satisfied the first century church. He satisfied the disciples, and he satisfied the apostles. And my chaplains, he still satisfies all seekers today. When we receive Christ as the bread, we are fed and satisfied with things of eternal value. All satisfaction is given to us from the life that he can give. So you see, chaplains, when you meet Jesus at an altar of repentance, <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. That is as close as to heaven getting touching, touching the earth as you're ever going to get. When you realize your sins are gone, when you have been set free, and when you have been redeemed. Colossians 2, Paul said, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, you have quickened together with him. Uh, forgiving you of all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. He also said, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Oh, you see, chaplains, when I look unto the heavens, I'm fascinated by the works of his hands. And when I look at all the beautiful scenery of all the earth, I'm fascinated by the works of his hands. And when I look at all the faces of the souls he's created, I'm fascinated by the works of his hands. But I'm more fascinated by an old-fashioned altar. And I know that a God that can purge my sins and can take me out of the darkness and place me in a wonderful light because I was dead in trespasses and sin. And he has quickened me and my soul, and I am truly born again. And he who the Son of God sets free is free indeed. That means that old things have passed away. And behold, all things become new. I'm fascinated with the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords, you see, though your sins were as scarlet, they have been washed white as snow. When the shackles and the uh, burdens you had carried and the, uh, were bound by sin and the chains had fallen off your feet and you had been set free, it doesn't get any better than that. And we've got a great example of that woman in Samaritan, John chapter 4. It says that a woman of Samaritan came to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, Give me a drink. Then thou saith the woman of the Samaritan to him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaritan? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me drink. Thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. (laughs) The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep from whence then thou hast the living water. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You see, chaplains, what I'm trying to say, she was trying to fill something. But Jesus told her, you're filling your pot with the wrong kind of water. If you use this water, you'll be here again tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. And isn't that a picture of the world? If we fill ourselves with the world's storehouse, we will never, ever be satisfied. And Jesus is saying, drink from the eternal fountain. The fountain that shares your load. The fountain that will fight your battles. The fountain that will bear your burdens. And the fountain that will answer your prayers and will warm you when you're cold and feed you when you're hungry and walk with you through the fiery furnace and will pick you up when you're weak and have fallen and that paid the redeeming price of blood on Calvary. That fountain that will feed you bread of life. His name is Jesus He is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. Hallelujah. And listen, guys, when we drink of his water and eat of his bread, we shall never hunger again. Chaplains, this world is a temporary thing. Temporary. But that's how we label life. Just what's here and just what's now and what's in the immediate future. What can we get? Now, listen, if all we had to look forward to in this life is just this life only itself, we would be like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. And if if in this life only we have hope in Christ, in other words, if we only have hope in Jesus right here and that's it, we are of all men most miserable. Thank God that is not all there is to life. There is something that goes beyond the temporal. There is something that goes beyond the right now. It's the bread of life that not only satisfies right now, but through eternity. But listen, I like the ending of the story of the Samaritan woman. Now remember, she came there to get water in her water pot. (laughs) But the last few verses of that chapter states that she left her water pot. It says the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith unto the men, Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Guys, you want to know why she left the water pot? Because you don't need the water pot when you've got the well. (laughs) Jesus said when we are in him, we would have rivers of living water. The real water and the bread that will sustain us is Jesus Christ. The real life, the true life, the real bread of Jesus is the only thing that will ever satisfy us. Are you hearing me? We, more than anything, anything else, need to fill ourselves with Him. And when we receive Christ as our bread, then He, listen, I want you to get this, He becomes our satisfaction. We will begin to live our lives according to his will, not our own will. You see, Christ is living. Christ is moving. He is acting in and through us because we have been, have uh, surrendered our will to him. He has filled us with himself. When we have surrendered or, or, or filled ourselves with, with him, then we are not relying on anything else, nothing Now, chaplains, it's easy to say no to the world and the devil when we are full of the bread of of life, which is Jesus. Now, let me speak to you. Many are hungry. All those people that you see around you daily, they're hungry because they have eaten the wrong bread. Being filled with the bread of life will keep us from seeking out the things of this world that will never satisfy. So simply put, sin is caused by a hunger to fill. And when we are so full of the bread of Jesus, then nothing sinful that is in this world can be dangled in front of us like a carrot is to a mule that would ever work. Because we will be so full of Jesus, nothing else will satisfy us. He is graceful and generous. He's graceful and generous. Does anybody know what it says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9? Yeshua is very familiar. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But see, some people have a lifestyle of sinning and then repenting. Sinning some more and then repenting some more because of the wonderful grace that is there. But that is not the place God intends for us to live. Matter of fact, it's God's will that we don't sin. 1 John chapter 3 says, Whoever abideth in him, sinneth not. Whoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither know him. And when this is happening, it means we are only half full of the bread of Jesus. And the other half is seeking the world to fill us. And since the world's bread is temporal, it will leave us half full all the time. Chaplains, listen. A true satisfaction only comes from the fullness of Jesus and his eternal bread. Listen, the the most practical thing you're going to hear from me tonight is this. If you want the insurance that you won't make the same mistakes over and over, and remove yourself from any life of sin and walk holy before the Lord and develop a holy lifestyle. Fill yourself with the bread of life. Well, you may ask me, well, how in the world do I do that? I mean, I go to church. I mean, I try to witness. I, I keep my radio station on the, uh, the Christian stations all the time. I, I listen to preachers preach. But listen. It's not only is Jesus the bread of life, but he's the word, the word. And if you need a plan that will help you avoid the cycle of sinning and repenting and just develop a holy life, walking in fellowship with God, ingest the bread by reading the word. Reading God's word, it's a lamp unto your feet and a light into your path. It will keep you in the direction that you need to go. It is the magnifier that will help you see yourself as God sees you. You understand? It's the mirror so that when you examine your life from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, you see what needs to be changed or not changed. To see anything in you that is not Christ-like. And then when you have the strength and courage to ask God to cast it from you, he will. So when you fill yourself with the bread, which is the fellowship with Jesus, that is all you need. And fill yourself with the Word of God, which is the instruction you need. You will become full of the Holy Spirit of God, and you will break the cycle of sinning and then repenting. Guys, listen, stay filled with the bread of life. If you ever feel half full, if you have those days where you're feeling half full, Then you need that filling bread of Jesus. That's all you need. Now, guys, let me close with this. You have multitudes of people around you every day that are lost. And they're seeking, and they're seeking because they're hungry. They want to be filled. They want that vacuum to be filled. And they feel that they can do this or that or the other, they can finally get rid of. That need, when all they really need is to hear about the saving knowledge of Jesus. And you and I will be the hands, the feet, and the mouthpiece that God will use to make that happen. Father, I thank you tonight for allowing me to speak. Father, I thank you for just allowing to keep me safe as I'm driving, Lord God, and, and to able to, to let me speak your word as you directed me. Father, I'm asking that you continue to bless us and increase us. Father, fill us with your knowledge. Fill us with your word. Fill us with with all the things that we need to be a better witness for you and to bring the lost into your kingdom. Father, we thank you for the ministries that you have placed together. We thank you for the men and women of God that, Lord God, that come to you continually and seek your face, seek your will, and seek the path that you would have for us. Father, I ask you to continue to keep your blessing uh, hand over all these ministries. Keep your blessing over Gary and his ministry as he moves forth. And, Father, I pray all this in the blessed name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.
3: Somebody's praying and I can't feel it. Somebody's praying for me. Mighty hands are guiding me to protect me from what I can't see. Lord, I believe. Somebody's praying for me. Angels are watching. I can't In My pillow was a stone I've been through the darkest caverns Where no light has ever shone Still I went on Cause there was someone Who was down on their knees And Lord I thank you for those people Praying all this time Protect me from what I can't see. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Somebody's praying for me. Somebody's praying.
0: drivers out there, if they want to get that close personal relationship with God, if they want to surrender completely their hearts to Him,
2: it's as easy as A, B, C. Take them through that A, B, C. I love the when you do that. Well, the first part is the letter A that stands for admit. First of all, you need to admit that you're a sinner. For we know in Romans three twenty three it says, for all sin comes short of the glory of God. Now my pastor told me all means all, and that's all it means. It means everyone, me, you, we all have sinned. And B stands for believe. John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world that whosoever, and we're all a whosoever, shall believe upon Him shall not perish but have everlasting life." And the C stands for confess. Confess in your heart that you believe Jesus Christ is. God's son. He died on the cross for your sins and mine. He rose on the third day. And if you admit, believe, and confess that, you will be saved and you'll become part of the family, part of the
0: family of God. So drivers, all you have to do is pray a simple little prayer. Just pray, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I want to be a Christian. That's it. You know, and, and uh, we got one CD, Terry Hopkins. Uh, when he got saved, he said, Lord, save me. That's all he said. And guess what, friends? He saved him. It's not a thing. It's not the words you say. It's the coming from your heart. When you speak from your heart, God hears your heart, and he will do what you say. If you ask him to save you, he will save you.
2: God knows what's in your heart, and he reads it.
0: Amen, amen. So cry out today and ask Christ into your heart and then give us a call right here at Lonesome Road Ministry.
3: Face a mountain that I never faced before that's why I'm calling on you, Lord. I know it's been a while, but Lord, please hear my prayer. I need you like I never had before. Sometimes it take a mountain Sometimes the trouble see Sometimes it takes a desert To get a hold stronger than whatever troubles me sometimes it takes a mountain to trust you and me Jesus I thought I could control whatever life would throw my way but this I will admit has brought me to my Sometimes, Sometimes it takes
2: Like to talk to Lonesome Road Ministries, give Gary a call at 618 383 2107. That's 618 383 2107. Call today. Or you can log on to our
0: website, lonesomeroad.org. We would love to hear from you. And that phone number that Fred gave you, you can also text me your mailing address. We'd love to get you on our mailing list and send you some of these every Month out there on the road. And remember this, friends Jesus loves you.
2: And we We do too.
0: We'll talk at you later.
3: Down in a lonesome valley look so tall and in a lonesome valley to my Savior I call and Jesus hears my cry he said, oh, I we go through Satan uses those tough times to try to get to you but our protector is there to show you that he cares and in your lonesome valley that's just what you do down in a lonesome valley, the mountain looks so tall, and in a lonesome valley, to my Savior I call Take your hand And show you how to live He'll take you in his arms And protect you from all harm And in your lonesome valley Shelter he will give Down in a lonesome valley mountain looks so tall, and in a lonesome valley, to my Savior I call, Jesus hears my cry.
0: Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web. You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our Broadcast from the Past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know
1: brokenhearted and lonesome. So long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.